joined today, um, well, tonight, his time, morning, my time, by Leighton Morgan, a very proud Welshman and somebody who's had a long, long uh, involvement in rugby. And um, good evening, Leighton. Good evening to you, David. Lovely to see you again. Yeah, it is. It's been a long time. Um, just for the benefit of the listeners and the viewers, um, just give us a little taste of uh, your rugby background. Okay. Um, well, started all those years ago. I had this huge passion after finishing playing the game. I had a huge passion for coaching and uh, started off with what we called one of our second-class clubs in Wales at the time, Lucha Rugby Football Club. Uh, then I was invited to go down and coach in the under-21s because the Welsh Rugby Union for a period of time felt that they needed to focus and bring on under-21 rugby. Uh, had great, great two years there. Lots of people went on to play for Wales from that group. Um, and then I was invited to go and coach Llanelli, um Rugby Football Club with Gareth Jenkins, who later became the national coach, as you will be aware. And then um, I had a tough decision to make, being a, a family man, whether I stayed in coaching and took that gamble with that precarious sort of type of employment, or should I go and work for the Welsh Rugby Union uh, and get involved in developing the game that way in what would seem to be a more stable environment. Uh, had a good run there, about 12, 13 years with the union. But then they got rid of me anyway, so maybe I should have gone into coaching. <laughs> uh, what about your playing career? Playing career, um, not at the top level, really. Uh, caught the odd game here and there with Neath Rugby Football Club, the odd little game with Sanessi, but mainly what we would call in those days uh, a second-class rugby player, you know, playing for the villages that fed into the first-class game that we had at yeah. that time. Yes. And of course, um, in 2002, I think it was, upon my arrival in Wales, um, you were, you know, still heavily involved in your coaching and, and we changed uh, the, uh, the game in Wales quite substantially, um, getting down from 12 teams down to four teams. And... Um, and that had the uh, sort of immediate effect of improving the national team. But uh, because we went to four regions, but sadly, um, the Welsh people never really took to the regions and still don't take to the regions. And, um, and you say that you, you know, you come from uh, that sort of heartland of Welsh Wales and, and Welsh rugby. What do you put that down to? narrow-mindedness uh, that doesn't help us you know we're steeped in that tradition you know we've always been a club-based nation if you like we had 16 merit teams many years ago i remember then we came down to 12 then we came to nine and then when you came in you know we had this tough decision what were we going to do in terms of um, preparing uh, the national team as best we could and we got to four five initially then we lost one if you recall we became yep. four but uh, the supporters, for whatever reason, have always sort of found it very difficult to embrace the regional concept. Whereas in Ireland, for example, they've always had provincial rugby, so they weren't changing anything. They had four provinces. We had nine clubs. Four regions was a difficult one to swallow. I, I, I still don't fully understand why, but that's where we're at. Yes, um, and uh, going down to four 
regions was, I think, the right thing to do at the time because because Wales needed to um, reset um, where they were in the professional era. And, and it was difficult at the time, but we got there. And um, I think within about 18 months, um, Wales won its first Grand Slam in 27 years under yes, Mike Ruddock. Yeah. Um, and then they've continued to do very well, uh, you know, on the international stage, which I think is terrific for everybody that was involved back in those days that, that took a lot of flack uh, for going to fewer number of teams. Yeah. Um, but perhaps it's still not right for today. Um, you know, perhaps there needs to be a rethink about, you know, where Wales should go. Um, for example, should the professional game completely be split away from the, the, the amateur game or the community game? Um, should there be fewer teams in Wales um, at the professional level um, so that they can they can afford to keep all of the top players in Wales, um, you know, because the, uh, the wage bills wouldn't be as high. The, the income would suffer a small dip because of the fewer number of teams. But yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, there are a lot of things to debate about where Wales should go. Do you have a view? I do have a view. I think you're absolutely right, David. Going to those four teams has certainly helped the national team big time. I think we've had, three Grand Slams since 2005, two championships, um, got to the semi-final of two Rugby World Cups. So the national team has really done well in that period. But if you look at the performances of the regions in that top-tier competition in the Northern Hemisphere, our teams that play in the European Cup have only managed to come out of the pool stages on three occasions in 14 seasons. There are some years when only two of our teams perhaps are in the Premier competition, the other two are in the Challenge Cup. This year we had three in the Premier uh, and the Dragons only in the Challenge Cup, but none of the teams have come out from there. Um, if you look at how do you arrive at, uh, at the number, the magic number, A, it must be about the number of players you can put to the competition, the amount of money that you've got and the fixtures that you can find for those teams. Uh, but there is really a strong debate, or should be a strong debate, on whether we should go to three regions or maybe two, because Edinburgh and Glasgow um, have only got two, and uh, they are better than our regional teams. At the moment, I was looking earlier before coming, coming on, um, the league this year, the um, United Rugby Championship, the Scarlets are six, the Blues are ninth, um, the Ospreys are twelfth, and the Dragons are fifteenth, I believe, in that league of eighteen, or in that league of eighteen, yeah, um, sixteen rather. And um, you know, it, it really uh, does need shaking up because we're not competitive uh, in either leagues. And then when the international program comes around, and then we've got to call on our second tier players, the Irish just whip us as if it's schoolboys against their professional guys. So we haven't got the depth. Um, we need to grow that depth and we need to seriously look at the numbers of professional teams. Yeah, I mean, it's a very difficult one. Uh, and mm. uh, I've been very vocal at times on my views about Welsh rugby. Um, but I, I've, I, I temper those insofar as uh, it's nothing I can do to, to actually um, 
guide the way in Welsh rugby should be going. Um, you know, I, I can have I have some views, obviously, yeah. and given that the regions haven't worked. I've been advocating now for quite some time that um, it's most likely time to accept the fact that the regions are not going to work as regions, um, and um, you know because they've not they've not embraced the, the the people of Wales have not embraced them, and uh, and even the you know the 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 change in demographics, the number of younger people that when we first put it in, now that's nearly. <laughs> that's nearly 20 years ago and so there's a whole new generation of people that still are not supporting the regions in the numbers that are required to make them successful so perhaps it's time to um to reassess i mean i i think that's one of the issues is that when you put something in place it may not always be there forever you know you have to have a look at how good it's going because if you don't then you run the risk of you know perhaps maintaining something that is certainly not sustainable. So, um, but with the, with the need to have the Welsh national team um, performing at a high level, because that's where the focus really is these days in a lot of countries and especially in Wales, it may be better to go back to, the, to a club-based system and only have two or three clubs um, replace regions that'd be the same players but you know people people in the valleys they say like for example the valleys north of cardiff you know when they were cardiff um, they would say oh yes but the pontypreeth um, supporters wouldn't support cardiff but they did they went down and watched cardiff play uh, they just didn't watch the blues play so perhaps it might be that um, if they, if you had, for example, oh, just picking three teams, um, you know, along the M4 corridor, like uh, Newport, Cardiff, and Clenethley, um, a, a combination of Clenethley and um, and the O's, you know, um, that the, they will get up in arms when they see this because they are very proud. The Osprey supporters, in actual fact, really were were the only bunch that yeah. got in behind them. But of course, that's now fallen well away. Um, and uh, so that, you know, that would be a, a solution. I'm not saying it's the solution, um, but it could be a solution to things going forward. And I, as you know, I wanted to have a team in North Wales at one time when I first came there. But you did. Uh, but, and I think that still would have um, worked, but those days are not going to happen. So now it's a matter of, and then, and then of course, you know, if you were to do that, you might just set, set yourself up for a return to playing against the enemy across the bridge, the, the English and in their competition, because at some point in time, I think in, the English clubs are going to have to sit up and say, look, we, we owe it to the rest of um, the rugby in the UK to actually expand our competition to perhaps take in, um, you know, uh, Wales, Scotland and Ireland, uh, and, um, but certainly Wales. Um, and, uh, after, that, after that debate of the British League. Yeah, yeah, yeah British and Irish League. So, but, but even if that wasn't possible, if it was just to be Wales um, and, and just let South Africa play 
you know, the the Irish and the Scottish teams, um, and then see Italy. Italy should be playing in the French um, competition uh, right next door to them. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Exactly. So, yeah. but but that takes a lot of uh, a lot of uh, people to move from very entrenched positions. Well, the, the thing is as well, see, David, gates are really a problem. You know, I watch, I'm a TV uh, watcher these days. I don't go to too many live games, but the stadiums look oh, quite empty. Um, and then people say, you know, the problem is we don't have any away support. But then I look at the Irish teams, you see, when they play at home, they've been expanding their grounds. They can get 25,000 in stadiums. They can get 30,000 when Leinster play at home. So... Um, I think it's a combination of a lack of success. We've not been able to be as competitive as we would like to have been. For whatever reason, at regional level, uh, we have had some decent gates when we did get to quarterfinals and on a few occasions semifinals, but for the most part, we've not been doing that. And therefore, the gates are quite quite ridiculous, really. It is, if, if we were living on gates alone, we'd never sustain profession, professional rugby. No, that's correct. And actually, um, you know, I did an interview with Robbie Deans about yeah, J- Japanese that. rugby, um, which you can find um, yeah. on on the internet, on YouTube, if anybody's interested. Um, the Moffcast, if you go there, you'll see the interviews with Robbie Deans. Yeah. And, um, you know, once COVID's gone, they'll be getting back to 30,000 gates to watch, uh, you know, his team, which, uh, you know, which is the most successful team in Japan. But yeah. a lot of the top six in their league um, get really big crowds. And uh, and they, and, they, and that's a club. Well, they're not clubs so much as they're owned by companies. companies but it's, yeah. yeah. Um, however, that's where my thinking about um, going back to a club-based system might work and you can have the night i think there are two clubs that would immediately be there and they're the two clubs that gave me the most trouble when i was trying to get to professional yeah. four professional teams um Clinethley and cardiff who threatened to sue us um and we had no money we were broke at the time yeah. and so they wanted to stand alone and they did so they've been standalone then the debate comes okay do you you know do you um uh, have an team at Newport who traditionally have not been that very strong even in this professional era or do you go to Swansea which is only just a few few k's away from uh, from Clenethley but but that's no different to Bath and Gloucester I guess you know being uh, being so close together so so I think, I think if you looked at the logistics it would make sense for me to have a team in, in um, Newport because of the huge population in the Grand Valleys there. Cardiff being the city, I think it's obvious that one should be there. And then it's Clinetti or Swansea, uh, further down the track here in the West, that would be ideal. And maybe, yeah. as, you, as you talked about in your day, and there's still a lot of people who believe it could work, have a development team up in North Wales. Because yeah. we, we need to tap into the huge numbers up there as well. Even though rugby isn't very strong, we need to make it stronger and get many more players playing the game. We could even send up guys who are not quite ready down south to play there until they are ready. And that would be perhaps an interesting concept as well. But you yeah. are right. It's not working. What we've got now isn't working, David. Yeah. And I actually, well. I actually yearn for those days again, but not only from Wales, from Australia, the way they used to play, from France, which is the way they're playing now. Brilliant. Um, you know, 
Um, South Africa have always played ten man rugby. England don't know what they what style they want to no. play. Um, and long way it continue. Yeah, um, and uh, and but at the moment, the, everybody wants to play what I call McDonald's rugby. So if you go into a McDonald's anywhere in the world, it all tastes the same, and it's the same with rugby. When you I look agree. at rugby, everybody is playing what I term as McDonald's rugby, and I and I lament that because the great thing about this game, and then everybody says, oh, we should have a, a you know, uh, a global season, which I never understand. I don't understand Being. what that about now this leads me into uh, nicely into a conversation in the top of the screen there you'll see the um, logo for 11s rugby yeah. um, which is a new uh, game that uh, well it's a new version of the game mm. seven players um, over um, 11 minute quarters so 44 minutes mm. it's an authentic game of rugby Six um, six forwards, five backs. So you're going to need all the different sizes in the forwards, sizes of players in the front row, in the second row, and, and in the one back row. Um, and uh, and it's based on simplicity and fun, um, and uh, and most of all safety as well. So you know we've 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 put. I, I'm not going to be critical of 15s because 11s is different. It sits right in between 7s and 15s, right in the middle of the two. And I think that 11s could prove to be very popular um, as a stepping stone. You know, people trying to want to try the game or clubs, for example. And in Wales, we know that that's a bit of a problem, getting numbers. So if you've only got to find 11 um, players with, um, with six on the bench, you've only got just you know, two more than a 15-a-side game. So I had a light bulb moment in the shower one day and I said to myself, Moff, why are you trying to retain the ruck as it is currently being played? Because it's if you have a look at the Law 15 in World Rugby Law books, it, it, what we play has been no resemblance to the law at all. So I said, just get rid of it. But... The reason for that is that most of the breakdowns occur at the tackle. 99% of the breakdowns occur at a tackle, obviously. And that's when things start to go wrong because everybody piles in, they go off their feet and nobody knows what's going on and the referees don't, and certainly the spectators don't. So I said, well, take, get rid of the ruck and put, put that phase of play in the tackle where it belongs. And so then, you know, the, a tackle is defined as a player carrying the ball who is tackled by one or more of the opposition players, knee touches the ground. At that point in time, the tacklers have to immediately release the player. Immediately means immediate, not two or three seconds. And the, and the, tack, and the, and the ball carrier must either pass the ball or place it on the ground. Right. So then we've got a tackle and the ball's on the ground. So any player that can then pick it up, do what they want with it but they can't go off their feet. And what's important is nobody else can go off their feet. If you're off your feet, you're liable to penalty and you're out of the game. And, um, and we will penalise those players for being off their feet. Uh, so anybody joining has to join with their head above their hips, um, yeah. that particular game, a part of the game. So therefore, it's going to be it's going to be much more open for people to be able to see what's going on, referees to be able to adjudicate on it. 
mm. and um, it is going to result in a in a lot in a lot quicker. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you again. You know, likewise. It's been a long time, and uh, we've we've stayed in touch, but. I've now started my podcasting career <laughs> and, uh, and I thought it'd be great just to get you on and to get the Welsh perspective, um, you know. But it's been a pleasure, David. Thanks for having me on. And yes, we, we have kept in touch and I'm hoping we can keep in touch going forward. I will continue to look at your podcast with interest. I enjoyed Robbie Deans and I enjoyed, was it KR you call it? Oh yeah, Kevin Kevin Roberts, yeah. Yeah, that was uh, good as well. I'm sure there's plenty more interest in uh, Oh yes, I've got a few. Yeah. I've got a few lined up, so yeah. good okay. to see you, mate. Okay. Good to see you. Stay safe. Uh, and you too, and you as well.